Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you're here today. We are diving into The Shepherd of the Hills, which is a classic from, I think it was originally published in 1907. By and Harold, Harold Bell Wright. Bell Wright. And this is from your, we're going back to your neck of the woods. This is your stomping grounds, right? This is where you grew up? Yes. Uh, Shepherd of the Hills at one time had an outdoor theater in Branson, Missouri. And if you remember, we took you guys when uh, you were kids there to see it acted out. And that's how I got in trouble because when I was a junior in high school, I actually read the book, but my English teacher thought I just went to the play. And she, (laughs) and I mean, all my classmates were saying, she's been carrying the book around. She's been reading it. And, but she would not believe me. Never did. Never did believe me. Well, like, so. hopefully she, she'll believe you now. We've, we're yeah. doing a recap <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, but I did not know this until recently that Shepherd of the Hills is, is pretty much the reason for Branson, Missouri being there. True. True. I, I did not yeah. understand that it, it's the one, it, it really started tourist trade in Missouri. It was the first tourism uh, type of thing in Branson or in Missouri. And then it's, it started, uh, that is the, the birthplace of Branson was basically where the hills. Yeah. The setting of the story, which is fascinating. Specifically the people that take in, uh, the shepherd of the hill guy, what was his name in the, um, Howitt? Oh, dad Howitt. Dad Howitt. Okay. Yeah. So, and, um, so that's even called shepherd of the hills parkway or freeway I, I can't even remember what it's called uh but that street is w- was renamed shepherd of the hills uh the, it went by that uh where the theater i mean outdoor theater used to be and then shepherd of the hills led to silver dollar city which led to the ball knobbers which it led you know on and on so it's fascinating that a book i mean created is, the is whole that powerful city. yeah it literally created the whole city and because I of one that, book I, I looked up Harold Bell Wright, which uh, he was, uh, ironically, was born in New York and suffered his whole life with tuberculosis. So, um, and it says that, and they, they, but this said it in multiple places that he was the first person to sell a million copies of a book, first American author, and the first one to make a million dollars off of uh, a book, which it, it, it says... That's what's known, and they have it in quotes. I guess that means it was, it's hard to follow back then, but uh, probably I agree with it, though, because how would Branson be so huge? For know? real, yes. I mean, obviously, people were flocking there to see. the And see, that was the other thing. I didn't realize when reading it that it's kind of a true story. Like, I mean, a lot of parts are fiction, yes. but, like, the main characters are all real people, and, like, it's actually his journey that he was a minister who had an ailment, who was, who traveled to the Ozark. That all really happened. So I didn't, I didn't understand that, that, and I think, again, we go back to 
the the authors when they're writing their story it seems more powerful and like this was his best book or most powerful book and that was the one that was probably most closely related to his story yeah and I remember reading this aloud to the family when we were on a vacation in Colorado or something and uh it it uh it has a little bit of something for everyone because, uh, but in there, one of the things it talks about, and I think everybody is drawn to fairness and uh, someone living out that in their life. But it said the code of the hills is every man must fight his own battles and everyone has some kind of battle to fight. Mm. And then it goes mm-hmm. on. It says, while fighting those battles, help and encouragement from loved ones help helps make the world a better place but you still have to fight your battle by yourself yes and that's the code of the hills now if someone were to hurt a woman you would come in there but for two guys if a something was the man is supposed to take fight his own battle if something happens mm-hmm. which i thought that was uh nowadays i think we have even as parents we want to rescue our kids we don't yes. want them to have to uh pick themselves up, dust themselves off and keep going. Uh, you know what I'm, it's, it's kind of hard to not be a rescuer because mm-hmm. didn't you tell me that that makes you feel good if you're yes, the rescuer. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. And I think that that's a good grit builder. And that's why we need to kind of, you know, reinitiate that idea of, you know, we, we do need to fight them. And, and, it, you know, it's sometimes we do need help and we do need to be able to ask for help. But sometimes we we need to do it ourselves and we need to fight our own battle because at the end of the day, you're responsible for you, you know. Well, that's what cause that's what causes growth. Yes, because um, we, without that struggle, it, that was what you mentioned last uh, podcast when you said the joy of, the joy of tension from Mark's book yeah. the joy of tension I love that because I think we're just so prone to avoiding discomfort and so that that totally changes it what he was talking about in that chapter of kind of embracing the tension and seeing finding the joy in it because that really creates and I loved how he connected um the music side of that I would never have connected uh, music to the the tension side but it does you need you know for a beautiful piece of uh, music that tension is very vital for creating that effect so it it's I, I thought he described that well uh, will you be surprised how much um music it, even in a I like I like Andy Griffith and there's a pickle story where the pickles taste terrible it's the music the discordant music in the background <laughs> when people bite that that makes you think it's bad and there was here's a quote from uh, Shepherd of the Hills that that was powerful it is always a God's blessing lad when a man masters the worst of himself and that was Dad Howitt uh talking to someone and I said we that's what we need to be work instead of working on other people <laughs> you know which is easy to do for sure uh, we got we need to work on ourselves to to set the story up so uh dad howitt goes to the ozarks and he's just um uh, helping everybody he's this uh and that's why he gets the name shepherd but he goes there originally for health reasons his his physician had suggested he needs to go there Get away or, from the hustle and bustle and 
you know. Yes. And um, th- this is a funny, and th- then it, I remember when we started reading this, uh, you said it's kind of hard to read it because mm-hmm. there's some, you said, uh, I don't guess I talk hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it's true because this is preaching Bill. Of course, I like these old sayings. Preaching Bill said, there ain't no use to worry about the chopping till the dogs has treed the coon. And I said, yeah, that, I like that yeah. kind of stuff. I think once you get into it, you kind of get the flow for it. But yeah, when I first started reading, I was like, well, what language is this? <laughs> yeah. And, and you were really like, uh, you were struggling. Yes. But and then, it's, it surpassed my expectations. I will say that. You meet uh, old Matt and Aunt Molly who own the grist mill. And um, then they have a son, Matt Matthews, who's just kind of like the perfect specimen of manhood. Did you think that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, and, and that's kind of like they welcome everyone. A very hospitable family. And the cool thing is that those were real people. And like, so they're in the shepherd of the, their, their home is this is still there. Their actual homestead is still there. Like, I mean, they left it. I think when the book became popular, they moved on and that became people wanted to see where um, John and um, Anna Ross, or was it old Matt? That was a real name. I think John and Anna Ross, but they're known the as real people. As, they're known as old Matt and aunt Molly in the book but yeah so they went so that place is still there and that's people just would coming and actually some people were picking off pieces of it they were stealing really? pieces of this house oh my yeah. goodness so i'm glad that they turned it into more of something that could be preserved you know oh my so. goodness sammy lane is the girl you always have to have uh and she's like the perfect specimen this is according to the shepherd uh she's like lively and healthy and vigorous you know beautiful uh, yeah beautiful yeah and um and then you have her dad is what i would call a kind of mysterious daddy jim is what she calls him mm-hmm. and um they live close by and then there's a boy called pete who he just lives in the woods and that was the mystery so it's, it has mystery i mean it really has a lot for i think a man uh, that likes mystery and stuff would like it. And then just uh, a woman, there's a love story there going. It, it's like different stories in one. Mm-hmm. That's true. There, there is something for everyone. And and the mystery side is very interesting. And uh, you, you don't, I would not have figured it out. I, I mean, I didn't figure it out, <laughs> So, <laughs> but it, it was so well done. And um, I actually really liked, which is funny because I don't usually read the, um, what do you call that? The dedication or the, yeah, the, or, int- but he did it to his wife, to Francis, my wife and memory of that beautiful summer in the Ozark Hills. When so often we followed the old trail around the rise of Mutton Hollow, the trail that is nobody knows how old. And from Sammy's lookout, watch the day go over the Western ridges. So Aww. I was like, that is, I mean, it's just really cool. I think because he actually walked those hills and actually did that, you know, as part of right and actually then wrote about it. So I think it, it feels authentic because it is, he, he lived it. So, yes. 
Well, and, and um, Pete is the, um, the boy that their daughter who died, he's their grandson that just lives in the woods. So they've got this, uh, I would say, burden to bear. Mm-hmm. And, but they make it work, mm-hmm. you know, and um, because, it, and then it has an artist in there because it says a, a, a city artist came and broke her heart. That's what I wrote down. And um, then every story needs a villain. And the villain in this story is um, a ruffian named Wash Gibbs. And I said, basically, he's a bully. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's just a bully. And um, sadly, uh, Sammy's dad is in cahoots with him. Yes. I think out (coughs) out of necessity, would you say? Yes, financial gain he needed he's part of the gang unfortunately but and it has some funny parts because sammy is supposed to be wed to the and i all ollie is his name kind of a little guy that you know um he 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 is supposed to wed sammy and he and everybody kind of thinks that's a mismatch uh and it is basically but it's it's funny there's some funny parts in it because she could actually arm wrestle him and beat him. So what was it like for you when you were younger reading this book? And it's like, this is where you're at. You're getting, you see the, you're in the Ozarks. What is it like to read this and you're there? Well, uh, I guess it would be more real, you know, because when you, because uh, you are surrounded in the woods and, you know, like in Texas where we live, it's plains. And you can just see for miles. Well, in Arkansas, you can't because there's mm-hmm. it's hills, it's rocks. It's in uh, Arkansas is real close to uh, Branson and where we lived. And there's uh, like the the folklore and like you have these like herbal tea and all that kind of stuff, sassafras roots and all that. They did that. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was so. I think it it was kind of like. Um, a, a kind of a glimpse back in time and you felt like uh, kind of like time travel a little bit <laughs> so was where the the first person the first place that you heard about it was that in school was that because you said it was required reading was that where you first heard of shepherd of the hills well it wasn't required reading but we were supposed to do a book and uh, give a book talk on it and i just um my dad had a copy of the book so i just I probably didn't go to the library and get a book like I was supposed to. And I just read my dad's book, but I didn't know she wouldn't believe me. And therefore I got in trouble. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> but uh, my dad really liked it. And he, he was a big reader. And, uh, but my mom liked it too. And uh, just, and they liked it for different reasons. Of course, he liked the folklore and all that. And she liked the love story in there. So they got to kind of see um, Branson Grove too. They saw yeah the Branson Grove from at the beginning. Branson even when I was a kid, they had a dime store and it was a big deal for us to go to the dime store. And there was a stoplight, a four way four way light, and that was it for Branson. Really? And you would just yeah. And so wow, it grew so fast that it you know it, it couldn't handle that. So it it was hard that it grew so. Fast. It's not like they planned. They didn't say this is going to be family vacation area, blah, blah, blah. I think it just, 
it exploded yeah. is what I think. But yeah, when I was growing up, it was, you know, we, we went and they had a piggly wiggly and <laughs> we went to shop and, uh, and, and we'd go to the dime store and it was right there was a four way stop. Well now, I mean, it's huge. Oh, yeah. Huge. We've gone with our family and it's, it is, it is a great family place, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that it's grew that much. Cause it's, it's big, you know? And then it was, this was how bad the traffic was in Branson. Uh, so if you were on one side of the road, that's where you picked out something to eat on that side of the road. You didn't cross the street because there was no way. I mean, it was just backed up. Yeah. This is, this was later. This was when I was a, a kid, it, you know, when it was growing so fast and people just were like, uh, I remember my mom and her girlfriends, they'd say, Oh, we can't eat over there. That's on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I, and I'm thinking this grew up when, when we took you guys to see shepherd of the Hills, uh, then they had, this was all outside an amphitheater and everything. And, uh, they had little log cabins built and, and everything, which, uh, and at one part there's a panther that comes out and we were kind of sitting at that part and there's a panther that comes out, uh, of the tree. It's not a real panther, of course, but anyway, <laughs> it's it scared. It scared me though. But the book has some, uh, I don't know if anybody knows about the ball knobbers, but, um, they were a very unsavory bunch and they were, of course, now it's a music show in Branson, but in the book, they're not good. They're yeah. like, you know. So what was your takeaway? What was your favorite part of the book? Um, or one of mine says, what, when I finished this book, I felt, what did you feel like? I felt moved, I think I would say. I think, um, I, I really felt moved. I think he did a fabulous job of describing his journey, which I didn't realize it was his journey at the time, um, of just coming from the city and then going to the hills and just really appreciating nature for what it is, for wh how God made it, and, um, and, and just being present. I think that's what's uh, what he learned the the most on his journey was just that being okay with quiet, being present, and um, that stillness type of feeling. And I I I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. And I, of course, the story. I liked the I liked the love story. I thought that was really well done. And I I liked the mystery and all of that. So I mean, it really is a classic read. And what's interesting is that, you know, there's, there was obviously critics, there's always critics against literature and different things, but Wright would answer his critics by saying that he never intended it to create, or he never intended to create a uh, great literature only to minister to ordinary people. So oh, wow. I thought that was a very wow. humble answer and, mm -hmm. you know, and I think he, he does a good job of that. So. I thought it was ironic because we read this coming out of the quarantine time period. You know, it's not the memory of quarantine was still in my mind when I was reading this book. I was drawn into the grist mill that they had and the community and all that. And I said, see how much people need each other mm -hmm. and they need that community. And even as far off, you know, as this was written, uh, 
years and years ago, people still needed a, a gathering place. Yes. And they need to be together. And how I was thinking how unhealthy it was when we were all separated. And, yes. um, you know, so this was, uh, and, and, and then it lets everybody had their own story. So dad, Howitt, the shepherd had his story mm-hmm. and then Sammy, she has her story. Well, Sammy has a cool transformation story too. Like I, I will say, I thought that was cool. Cause that kind of deals with mindset a little bit, yeah. you know, when she, she's wanting to be more, what they learned, like, like a learner, learner refined, yeah. refined. So. Yeah. And he helps her and she, but, but she asked for his help. Yes. She was receptive student and, um, it, yeah, she grew. I, I always ask third graders. So who changed in the story? And I think really everybody changed in the story, but she probably embraced the change the most. Yes. Like I she was ready that. to change. Yes. She had, she worked for it harder. Well, and I will well, say that it is a, the movie is nothing like the book. I mean, John <laughs> Wayne is in this movie. I love John Wayne. He did not read Shepherd of the Hills people. He didn't read it. I, 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 nothing is the same. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I have not seen the movie, but I'm not mod- motivated to after hearing that uh, it was totally different. I'm like, huh? Well, how, how do you get uh, the <laughs> young Matt's mom and dad ran a grist mill. Okay. And it was the gathering place for the whole hauler. And how do you tra- tra- change that into running moonshine? How do you change? <laughs> I mean, I guess the grain, maybe, I guess. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I was like, what? What are you, they're, they're breaking the law? Yeah. We go from grinding grain to make bread. It's all healthy. It's all good. To, um, yeah, the law's out to get them. And it, it was it was weird. I, I watched that. I tried to do a Venn diagram on that. You can't do one. There's nothing in the middle. <laughs> nothing in the middle. Except the name, I guess, the Shepherd of the Hill. And then the name and the author. I, he wrote 17 other books, but uh, this was a, his second book that he wrote. And um, I thought that it, in all of his life, he's um, dealing with this tuberculosis and he lived to be 74. Yeah, I was like, golly. And in there to show the heartache, because there's heartache in this book, too, in Shepherd of the Hills, because they've lost their daughter, the Matthews have, and they are dealing with that. And then Pete's a little he's different. And all through the book, he says, Pete knows Pete knows when I read that to you guys, you were in junior high or something, you'd always say that. Well, Pete knows (laughs) Pete knows. And then uh it uh, yeah it was just kind of unusual combination of all the different characters m- meshing together and uh, and and it all kind of goes with the shepherd which is a play on words shepherd mm-hmm. of the hills you know you're talking about the the there's there's some heavy parts with the loss and different things i think he's able to he's he harold does a good job of writing about that because he experienced that I think I read yes. when he was 11, his mother died and his father abandoned him like him and, and his that, brothers and sisters. Oh, you are right. I remember reading that too. And that is the, his first book he read his, I mean, the first book he wrote was kind of exactly went through that. 
Mm. And it, yeah, and his wife, his dad was a lieutenant in the uh, in the army for the Civil War. I'm not sure which side, but he was also an alcoholic. Yes, and he moved his family from place to place to place to place, so they were in uh, total poverty. Yes, but yet on the upside of that, here the mom is. She's reading him all these wonderful works of uh, in. Uh, and I was going to write down some of them, but some of the cool books of the time, I guess you could borrow them or whatever. I, I think but, I read Bible, Shakespeare, Pilgrim's Progress, Hiawatha. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. it. And I, I just thought, what a contrast of those two. But when she died, then he went to from family member to family member. And strangers sometimes even. Yeah. And the... In his first book, and I was like, I think it's called The Printer Udell or something like that. Uh, he is, he, that's kind of like a memoir because he's poor and he goes to this town and he sees the hypocrisy because the people that go to church are treating him bad, you know. Mm. And so, but then that makes you think he lived that. Yes. He lived that life. And so it's um, amazing. Uh, and he became a preacher, but I think he said he didn't set out to be one. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to be a preacher. Yeah. But he, he became just... one for a while. Yes. So. And, and but... I think that uh, it's kind of like being a teacher. It, you might have a calling to be a teacher, then you need to be one. But if you just are a teacher for th- the three months in the summer, it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you if you can't do anything else, then you need to do that. And I think that was what happened to Harold Bell Wright. He couldn't do anything else, so he felt he was called. Do you know that he wrote? Um, it's that the book you're talking about, the printer of the uh, Udell. Is it Udell? Isn't that or, a terrible uh, name? That's a terrible yeah, name. It's a terrible name. But hey, it's his first one. <laughs> but yeah. he, it said that he intended to read that to his congregation at the time, and um, oh, one chapter wow. per week. For a Sunday night really? Uh-huh. But before Ooh. he read it to his congregation, it was published um, in serial form um, in a journal or something. So, but the, the whole point was to read it to his congregation. So, so that would, yeah, a lot was going on. People making dishonest deals, making, you know, just, uh, yeah. I, I, when I, your dad actually read that book and my brother gave it to me to read and your dad read it and he was kept saying you've got to read this book you've got to but it, it we, was, it's heavy we should read it we should put it somewhere in our book stack and then have dad on because he he did read it and but i i think i told you um <laughs> that the dad gave me the full version of it so i felt like i didn't need to read it so <laughs> yeah. well he he says that he did he doesn't tell all but his his book talks are very good though he yeah. pretty much but I I did read it and it was it was really good. Oh, but, you did read. Okay, I'm upset. Yes, mm-hmm. I could not believe that was his first one because I don't know. I kind of thought Shepherd of the Hills was his first one. I don't know why, but you're right when people say, yeah, people say that he could get in trouble because the people that were in Shepherd of the Hills were real people and he doesn't give a disclosure or disclaimer notice or all that. Well, this was 1907. Mm-hmm. I mean, those kind of things weren't that big a deal as they are right now. You know? Yeah. I mean, for sure. They were trying to eke out a living. <laughs> People yeah. were, you know. Yeah, just trying to survive. Because, I mean, I think he was the, he was even around during, there was some drought. It was in 1902 or something like that, which was a really bad 
there was like starvation, crops were all that. And he he witnessed that too. And and so then I he had that's... a twenty he had a twenty five year old son that died of unexplainable causes or something. I saw that mm-hmm. too, and I was like, whoa, because he has he suffered some heartache. You can For tell sure. that. Yeah. But I think the thing about Shepherd of the Hills basically is bloom where you're planted. Notice mm-hmm. what's around you like kids do. Kids notice this kind of stuff. You know, like when the dandelions are blooming, what are adults doing? Where's that? We got to get the, we got to get these pesky weeds out of here. Your kids are picking them up and blowing them. They're wish flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who's actually blooming where they're planted? Kids are always because they're really in tune to the present. Whereas um, adults are looking at the grass on the other side of the fence saying, oh, man, that grass is greener than that. Maybe they water it more. Maybe they, you know what I'm saying? Instead of tending to where we are. I think the shepherd shows everybody how blessed they are and how helping others become their best is is how we achieve our best. That's true. And I also think it does. He had to make a choice to leave the city. He had to get away from some distractions in order to really appreciate some things. And I think that's just a good lesson for all of us to sometimes we got to say no to certain things or not make our bu- our schedule so busy so that we can actually enjoy more, you know, or kind of that thing too. So, and, but what and was, like you said, he left, he had to get out of his comfort zone. Yeah. But you know, when you get out of one comfort zone, then you are, you are, you're, I think it, when you get out of your comfort zone, that's like when you go on vacation, I, um, that lady with the last name, her last name's Lavender. I think you ordered her book. She said, wherever her kids were, wherever they were, she said, we tried to live like tourists and notice everything. Yes. And I said, well, you could do that. Just stepping out your backyard. You could just start noticing things for sure. And that's what dad, Howitt. that's what he did. He noticed the Ozarks and he wrote it. And then Harold Bell Wright wrote about it in such a way that everybody wanted to visit. You know, you made a really good point. I, you said, you know, which I love that book, um, 365 Ways to Love Your Kids. That that was the one you're referencing by, um, I can't think of her first name, but yeah, Lavender, what a unique name. Yeah, that's um, how I can remember it. <laughs> but the fact of that living like a tourist, he was a tourist. And that is how he was able to write so well about the Ozarks because the people that lived there weren't seeing it like he was seeing it. It was fresh. It was fresh. He hadn't lived there his whole life. Um, so and but, taking it for granted, you know, when you live there granted, your yeah. whole life, like kids, I, I, you know, why do I read books about orphans to third and fourth graders is because the kids take their parents for granted until they see a kid struggling and not having parents. And they're like, Whoa, we need to be, mm. cause you ask kids to write a gratitude journal. I mean, sometimes if they see how bad you know, someone has it without a parent and how hard life is. And then they say, oh, I'm lucky. I have a mom and a dad that love me and that take care of me. And it, it's amazing. And that's what he was doing. He was like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they thought it was beautiful because that's where they were. Yeah. So what was your, what was your takeaway moment or what was your favorite part or what was your, um, what you, something you learned from there? The same question you asked me, but so. Well, and you have to be careful because there is a spoiler alert in this. There's uh, that you don't want to say, you know. Yes, for sure. Um, 
and I, and I don't, and I'm bad about spoiling the, yeah. the thing. So I'm just going to say my overall take was that to be, uh, to, to grow and also don't think the worst of someone, uh, you know, cause I think, um, this isn't really a, cause I already said that Sammy's dad was in cahoots with Wash Gibbs. Who's the, who's the, um, antagonist in the story. Uh, but then don't judge him for that because like you said, there's reasons. Yes. And that, um, <clears throat> I think that's what I, I like about it. There's a little bit of, uh, intrigue and why, why is, why is he in with them and what's the story? And then I like those flashbacks when it tells you what, why I like, I'm the why person. Why? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, and the, I don't think we ask why enough. Yes. I think we need to start with why. <laughs> yeah. I think well, there's I a book saying... called that start with why I think Simon said. Oh, really? Yeah. I oh. have it. I just haven't read it. So. Oh, well, what, maybe yeah. I, I don't have that, yeah. but maybe put that in our book stack. But like I'm, there's an old Clark Gable movie, uh, Teacher's Pet, that uh, they're saying that people want to ask why. And he said, oh, people don't care. And then this old man comes around and he says, well, <laughs> why would somebody do that? It's a little bitty word, but it's very powerful. That's you know, true. Like, just, just take a moment and say, and, and adults need to slow down and be able to answer the why. That's, you that's know, true. Mm-hmm. What did people used to say? Because I said so. Mm-hmm. That's not answering anything. Yeah. Why did you say so? Just keep asking why. For sure. And I've done that before when I had two kids that were fighting or something. And somebody only saw one kid hit. And I'll say, why did you hit? And then this one will say, because he hit me. Then I go to the other one. Well, why did you hit him? And, you j- and I just keep asking why. Mm-hmm. And eventually I get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I and think that's a good lesson for feel, us. Yeah. Yeah. They all feel validated. Mm-hmm. She listened. She listened. And isn't that what everybody wants? They just want someone to listen. And I think that's what the shepherd did in Shepherd of the Hills. He just listened to people. A hundred percent. You're right. That's to feel validated and to feel listened to. And you're right. He was, he, he was able to do that because he had removed himself from the busyness of his life and had became a shepherd. So, and then he was learning how to be a shepherd because he had shepherded people, but not sheep. Yes. But he was still shepherding people, which is, that was the irony. Yeah. And how we, we really all, we have a shepherd, but sometimes we don't acknowledge that we have a shepherd, you know, and Mm -hmm. sheep without a shepherd, that just doesn't work. And I think he actually, a stranger came to the Ozarks and brought the whole community together. It's kind of, that's uncanny, but that's really what happened. Yes. And I think that's, it's almost seems impossible because the Ozarks was a very cliquish place. I mean, they didn't do... They didn't take to outsiders. They were very wary of outsiders. So you kind of had to earn, you know, they didn't just automatically trust you. You had to earn that. So, yeah, they, they, you know, I think there's there were some that were hospitable, but especially the ball knobbers, uh, they, because the more you isolate the, the more you can control. Mm -hmm. Cause isolation comes with control and they just didn't like him going in there and, mixing things up because he wasn't scared and he was an older man. Mm -hmm. So he really should have been afraid of them. 
Yes. But he never was. And my word that I liked was palaver, to talk idly. And I said, oh, politicians do that well. <laughs> <laughs> palaver. Okay. Yeah. You're don't so you good think? at pulling out the words. Yeah, good word. So well, I, I try want, to pull out pull. a word. I, I, I pull out a word that I can use. Well, but yeah, anyway. I would say be open-minded and have a go at it. And if you can't get to Branson, read Shepherd of the Hills and you'll feel like you've been there without the traffic. For sure. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Shepherd of the Hills.